0: And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Elena Danan, best-selling author and archaeologist who spent many years working in diverse sites in Egypt. She is also a hereditary shaman and certified druidess who has had extraterrestrial contact since childhood and became an emissary for the Galactic Federation of Worlds. Elena, thank you so much for joining me today, and welcome.
1: Thank you, Jeff, for having me. I'm very delighted.
0: Elena, if you don't mind, can you give us a brief synopsis of how you were abducted by the gray aliens and rescued by the Pleiadians?
1: Well, I was nine years old and um, with my grandmother were at the window that very night and we saw a spaceship hovering uh, above the, the houses and passing over the house. Uh, it was uh, half the size of the moon and it was glowing orange. It was a so- typical saucer. Um, and uh, then during the night I was abducted. The There was a beam of light in my bedroom and three gray aliens beamed, uh, through this ray of light and took me with them. And we'd been up and I was, um, then on board the ship, the ship floated until to a metallic bed. They did miseries to me. They put run diverse medical procedures. Uh, they couldn't finish the job. They, um, because the ship, their ship was attacked, was hacked, hijacked or hacked, you know, by, um, other extraterrestrials who were tall Nordic beings, um, guys, tall guys with blonde hair, well, they had space suits. So they beamed in the ship and they, they very quickly, um, neutralized all the small grades and, uh liberated me from my straps and took me with them on board their ship by teleportation. And there I was taken care of by other uh, of them, the crew and brought back to earth.
0: Did they take your grandmother as well?
1: No, but my grandmother was taken uh, when she was younger uh, by it was by other extraterrestrials uh, those ones are benevolent and they are part of an organization that is called the Council of Five. And they work on enhancing, um, genetically some specific bloodlines. Because my grandmother, um, has a specific, uh, genetics, which is, uh, heritage from a long line of, um, shamanic magical people from the Baltic Sea. And um, so they, they pick some bloodlines and they really work on the genetic to allow these, uh, the, the beings, some beings of higher frequency to incarnate into these bloodlines. So my grandmother was part of this program and uh, the being who had taken her is also taking care of me.
0: And you said these were gray aliens?
1: No, they look like they are not greys. They are brown skin actually. They they are they could look like greys, but they are brown uh, brown skin, and um, they don't have the globular black eyes. They have blue blue indigo eyes, and um, they're very nice, very benevolent. Then their race is Egaroth.
0: Well, it makes sense that they that not only were they working on you, but as well as your grandmother, because I don't feel that aliens travel all this distance just to tell somebody, hey, you know, we need world peace or something like that. They're here for a purpose and they're gonna keep working on you.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Um I have some some of her genetics in me and some of the being who was taking care of her and my in this bloodline, also this his genetic in me as well. So it allows me to have connection with them, these people, and also it has helped this body I occupy to allow, um, it, it, with the frequency, to allow um, my being to come in and uh, incarnate in, in this, um, this body.
0: So after that abduction and being returned, you went on to have a very successful life in art and other things. Were you continuing having contact during that time?
1: Well, um, I've had, so when I was brought back to earth, when I was nine years old, um, regularly, um, by the way, I was hospitalized two months because I had internal bleedings and uh, scars on my arms. It was very serious. I have all the medical reports. You know, at the time it was in the 70s, uh, Mm -hmm. no computer for medical files it was a little booklet where everything was written by hand with stamps with the date so I have that so that's good um well after that um I was contacted by the benevolent aliens the greys never showed up anymore in my life they were blocked stopped that's it we're not bothering with bothering with this one but my um, rescuers who became my friends and close friends um they kept up contacting me at the rate of maybe 2 3 times a year all my life when i say contact it was physical contact either they would beam physically into my bedroom or either they would take me physically on board the ship their ship always the same crew and uh so it it was always fun it was great uh showing me technology <laughs> making me sit in the, in the co-pilot chair showing me all kind of um holographic devices and there's plenty of stuff that uh, I describe in my book uh, incredible um and uh, all my life you know um there was no purpose for that because you know they they liked me and we had a good interaction and uh but all my life you know I uh, I was waiting craving for these ephemeral moments you know um it was uh, feeling not on my in my place on Earth and it was um you know and uh, f- when I was I think 16, if I'm not wrong um, Thorhan the main the the, the captain of the, the the ship he he came to physically see me and he said well we, we need to go because there's a war somewhere else in the ypsilon Eridani system and we will be absent for a few years we I don't know. Uh, when we will come back, Oh I was desperate and, uh, effectively for about, um, 15, 15 years, never saw them. And then they came back, but it was very sporadic until like once a week, once a year, sorry. And then in 2018, they were back. Because they were coming and going, you know, but in 2018, they moved, my, my friends, this group, moved back definitely in this star system working because they are part of the Galactic Federation of Worlds, working on a mission here. And they were back in 2018. And since the contact has been quasi permanent.
0: How are you able to maintain a normal life with this experience going on?
1: It has always been difficult all my life. As I was saying, um, I never felt in the right place here. It was so much fun to be on board a ship, you know. And when you are a young person, a kid or a teenager, oh my God, you can touch everything—not everything, (laughs) but you know—it's you're there, you're on a spaceship, wow! And when you come back, you go, oh no, I. Don't didn't want to come back, you know, and I was like a sad teenager in my life and uh, loneliness, the the lack of these moments was always there. And um, well, when they came back, definitely in 2018, um, it was all right because I had gained maturity in my life and I had lived and what they they told me is that they didn't want to interact more than they did because i need I had to live my life to you know to experience to suffer to love to be happy to be sad, everything that makes you grow and evolve I had to so and then you know um when they came back i I was ready and uh well, it's okay because I mean. Contact whenever I want now, so I'm quite in balance and at peace with it.
0: What did the aliens look like?
1: So it's a it's a crew, it's a group of people um, from different origins. They're all humanoids. Um, Thorhan and um, you have, and his uh, co-pilot uh, Siladion. They are from the Pleiades. They are of the race Ahel from the system Taigeta, where they don't say Greek names. They say their real names is Ashara. Um, and then you have Valnek, who is from Epsilon Eridani system. And is uh, a Kahel, it's a different uh, race. And there's a lady, her name is Myra. She's from Sirius B, Sirius B system. So she's smaller, uh, slimmer, tinner, tiny. Um and she has triangular face with small chin and very large cheeks and huge green eyes, huge eyes, and very, very small nose. They're all blonde. They're all blonde. Myra, um, I uh, I made a drawing of her when I was a kid. Um uh I I sent you a colored drawing. Well, this is was in my notebook uh, notebooks because I was taking notes of all my encounters of my life. I have the notebooks with the children drawings and everything. And um this drawing of her always terrified me because she really looks alien, you know. Thorhan and the others, they can pass and you know, on earth nobody can notice them but her, she couldn't. She looks too much alien. She terrified me. Although she was she is my friend. She was always nice with me. But his alien face was always I couldn't even half open the notebook because it was, this is really happening. She's real and this is really happening. I can't cope with that. I was trying to be in in a bit of denial because uh, I, I had to, well, um, try to not talk about it all the time, you know, and I had to have a normal life. And then I would manage to do it and forget about them. And they would come back, boom, in the middle of the night in my bedroom. (laughs) So uh, it has been that all my life.
0: Were you required to keep quiet about their presence or you just did so on your own or did you actually share with people?
1: Interestingly, they never told me that I should not talk about it. That's a very good question. But the thing that I think they didn't need to, because every time I was trying to talk about it, people never believed me and were mocking me. So, you know, um, I think that's why. The times were not ready yet. Humanity wasn't ready for the, to hear these stories.
0: What did their ship look like, both on the outside and inside?
1: So their ship is a, it's a scout ship from a bigger mothership. So it's um, like a, Two saucers, one on the other, like a typical flying saucer with a bump on the top and a bump, a slight, um, tinier bump on the underneath. Metallic, silver metallic, very beautiful. And it's elegant. It's like, like this, very elegant. That's, uh, what it looks like from the outside and inside a uh, lot of light. Um, it's, um, there's a, core engine in a compartment in the center. So you don't go there. I was shown once and I could see the the, the core power. It was very interesting. I was explained that, but couldn't approach. Um, and so there's a circular corridor around it and rooms on the side, just around. And um, one is larger, is the pilot, the command room uh, in it. And there are two seats, there are a third that can come off the ground. There is a, a fourth a bit behind that's like a foldable seat that comes from, from the um, kind of a console cabinet thing. And um, across from it, there's um, like um, a little elevated stage. It's like a semicircle and there's a semicircle sofa, and a round table, like a coffee table, is quite low, but that's not just a table. It's a holographic screen, so they can uh, sit there and look anything they want in this holographic screen.
0: Does it have windows?
1: No, but there are screens that act like windows. I mean, the, it's a holographic screen, so it, sometimes it can take the whole ship. It's it's quite beautiful.
0: Was it controlled mentally, or was there actual a console with levers and buttons and stuff that they control the ship
1: there's both um you have so there is um you have the the core power that powers the ship then you have the um, the mechanism of the, sh- of the ship you know the the anti-gravity system um and there there are very very few um, very few physical buttons uh there's no switch like this, it's like pads you can touch. There's very few on the on the front. All the commands are in the seats, in the chairs. It's a very big chairs, and when you sit in it, it take your <laughs> just uh, take your body. The inside uh, forms into your your against your body, it just molds your body and you can't move. And, uh, so the, all the comments are under your, your, your hands and your, the arms as well. So you can put your hands a little bit in, inside, just a kind of a shelf. And otherwise you can put them uh, here and other comments. So that's with the, the, the pads you touch, uh, it activates holographic comments. So you have holographic screens that jump out of nowhere. And then you can, um, you can move the, the, you put your fingers in it and you can move like squares or shapes and it moves the ship. So that's this way of driving the ship and doing other stuff. But as well, you can interface with the mind. So it depends on um, where you want to go. Short distances, you're going to use the little holographic things. If you want on long distances, you can just set a trajectory and then send the impulse with the mind. And I experienced that with the mind. Uh, it's very, very, very difficult. Very difficult. I tried three times now. The first time was a pure disaster. It crashed the ship. <laughs> but you need to have the right DNA. And I, I, this body has it, so I could uh, interfere with, interface with the ship. Otherwise, you can't.
0: Did they ever explain to you how anti gravity works? Yeah. Is there an element that they use that we don't have here on this planet, or, or what?
1: No, we have all the elements on this planet. Um, they use. Well, the frill, the frill, as they say, frill it's the what we call the free energy, it's the energy taken from the void. Um they have a way to harvest it and make it into a plasma that is uh, kept stable by crystals. And it's in a cylinder. Uh and uh it's in it. And that so it's it's kind of it's it's a plasma but it's it's feel it's an energetic plasma. And if if you when it it's, if it's like this, it does nothing. It's just, uh, you know, like a battery. If you don't plug it, it, does. No. So they put magnets around a series of magnets. And then there, this is at the core of a toroidal, um, uh, you know, a toroid. And the toroid has two layers, separate by void. And in the layers there is a uh, red mercury you can have other liquid metals you can even have uh plasma in it but red mercury is what works with that because it's a different uh, polar, polarity of ions and uh, so the 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 magnets are going to, to power the 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 red mercury and uh the Red Mercury is going to um i mean uh, circulate in two directions either uh, well w- the inside layer of the torrid goes perpendicularly, and the outside layer goes like this horizontally and the the conjugation of the two phases creates antigravity
0: you mentioned at the beginning. That they were pulling plasma energy from the void, I think. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and when I hear the void, I think of my dear near-death experiencers because a lot of times they go to this black void before they go somewhere else. I don't know if that's the same thing or not, but what is your definition of what the void is?
1: Oh, that's interesting. Well, I've connected to there. I was contacted by nine um plasmic supraconsciousnesses who dwell in what they call the void. The void is um a place that is out of places, out of dimensions, outside of the universe. Um it's not uh, in a geographical place, it's, you know, dimensional. It's in no dimension and no time. Right. Time doesn't exist and space doesn't exist. And that's a singularity node of, I think, the, that whole, where do, do, the universe is centered around this. It's behind the curtain, if you want, kind mm-hmm. of, you know. So that's where a lot of things are created, you yeah. know. Creation happens there, and then it it is sent towards whatever universe and places. The void it's a it's a place of creation, and especially um, where consciousness um, can be either created or either can come and be redirected somewhere else, as like behind the curtain. I don't know if I explain it well. It's difficult.
0: Does that make sense to you that people who during their near-death experience wind up there?
1: It is, it, it, it works, it works, it works. Um, when I've been there, um, it wasn't physically, it was by projection of consciousness what I tell you how it happened, and you will tell me uh, if that how and if that matches any story uh, narrative. So I have uh, a story, real story, I know. Um, so I have a friend, She's uh, her name is Una. She is 6th uh, density, she's quite high frequency. She came into my room once, she materialized, she sat on my bed. And she connected me, she made the bridge to connect me with these nine plasmic consciousness because i i can't I couldn't do it myself. I needed someone to to just you know do the the impulse, the bridge for me, bring me there. She put her her index through my forehead like she dematerialized and went inside, and I know she touched my pineal gland. And when she did that, I just fell asleep. Like, as I was, my body was just shutting down. I could see a vortex opening. Like it was like, like a wormhole. It was green and white, twirling, 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 twirling. And my consciousness left my body and was projected in it. And I was in the void. It was darkness, total darkness. And I sensed presences, and that's when I heard them, and they were light, um, and uh, I saw them, and I heard their voice in my head, and that's how I got there. So how do you comment on that?
0: Sometimes they would sense other beings. I think most of the time they wouldn't. They would say, I think it's common to say that even though it's completely dark in there, you can still see. And a lot of them will say it's kind of like thick and velvety.
1: Velvety, yes.
0: And um, a, a lot of times what happens is they'll see a light somewhere off in the distance, and then they'll either by their own will or they'll be pulled towards that light. And then eventually, you know, they'll either they'll have some kind of experience, and then obviously they're back here with me, so they're either sent back or asked to come back not every near-death experiencer happens to go to the void but it is very common and I've been thinking about uh, that for a long, I'm so sorry I've been thinking about that for a long time is what is the void
1: well, um, I think we're talking about the same thing and uh, I have a friend she experiences lucid dreaming Um, she uses substances like mushrooms or you know things like that She's very much into it. And she said that a few times she found herself in the void with substances. I don't recommend that. I'm not for that. But um yeah, that's so that's interesting. And you know this, this vortex thing? I knew that it was my pineal gland that was able to create this vortex, that we all have the ability. It's in, embedded in this, these bodies. That The pineal gland is able to do that that's in it we have we all have this vortex that connects to the void and I experienced it Um, and I think I believe it could be the same vortex when people go when they um discorporate you know uh, when they have near the experiment um what do you think
0: you mean like the tunnel is that what you're calling the the vortex yeah yeah so you were saying that uh, that your friend saw the vortex.
1: My friend, she stimulated; she gave an impulse in my pineal gland mm-hmm. to open the vortex right. within me.
0: Right. And so, like you, a door. Did you go through the vortex to get to the to the yeah. black void, or after the black yes. void?
1: No. I. I. My consciousness. What. What happened? She stimulated my pineal gland, Mm -hmm. and as the vortex was opening, my physical body was shutting down, like falling asleep, and my consciousness was shooting through the vortex.
0: Right. And I think that's possible that the vortex that people travel through or the tunnel is the act of your consciousness leaving the body.
1: Yeah. Through the pineal gland, I think that's the door. I. That's my interpretation, my explanation to me. To me, it makes so much sense regarding what I experienced myself, which wasn't an NDE. Well, it was maybe kind of an NDE because my body shut down.
0: What was that like a forced NDE?
1: Yes. Induced NDE. Right. That's a better word. Yes. Yes. And the thing, what's important uh, now, um, when I came back, I was very emotional and it took me a week to um rebalance my emotions i was crying for nothing good or bad it was very interesting
0: did they ever tell you how they travel such vast distances is it through wormholes or do they pop their ship into the void and travel at the speed of thought and then pop out or something else
1: I don't think they travel through the void, but they use, for, for long distances, there's a system of stargates. So you have different different uh, types of portals, but they, they use portals to just translocate, you know, um, teleport. Uh, there's a system of stargates in the universe that's like a web with motorways. It's like, doo, 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 doo. Can you can go from a galaxy to another galaxy. Um, that's that. So you can. Some cultures know how to manufacture, like create uh, physically, such stargates. Some ships even have this ability. They don't need a stargate. They have this ability to just transport, teleport uh, somewhere. Um, I know there's the the long cigar shape transporters of the Federation they are, um, all the scout, scout ships go in it and they just dematerialize and teleport somewhere else in the universe. They can do that, for instance. So they do that, the, the Stargates, who are portals. Um, you have natural wormholes who are shortcuts. A wormhole, it's if you want, it's a black hole without singularity. So it's going to pass through the fabric and shortcut to somewhere else um so but that's linear travel it'd be shorter travel but it would be linear takes time uh stargates are more commonly used because it's instant do you do that?
0: are you aware of the ufo reports recently on earth within the last couple of years let me follow up with that. There was one that I believe it went from like 50,000 feet to about sea level within a second or two. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that vehicle was traveling linearly from the top, you know, from way up high to way down low? Or did it just kind of beam in and beam out?
1: No, it was traveling because uh, they, when they, 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 they activate the, the ships, it cancels the mass.
0: Cancels the mass, interesting
1: because when you cancel the mass, uh, you are kind of uh hoovered by the um, you know, um, vacuumed by um, the the void. Uh, that's that's why they can go to such tremendous speeds because uh, they create an electromagnetic field around the ship, they ionize the, the particles around them, and um. They cancel the mass, so you know.
0: That's interesting. As there's no
1: friction because the the it pre, the, the 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 ionization creates a, like a a void around the ship mm-hmm. that cancels the mass.
0: Yeah, it has to be something like that because yeah, yeah. it's traveling probably Mach ten or twenty. So I don't know the exact speed, but that would be a massive sonic boom, which is not happening. And um, the g forces probably would be so strong it would crush everybody mm-hmm. inside, which is not
1: happening. Well, no, you know, uh, inside, yeah. You also there's uh, you don't re- you don't realize you you're traveling. You don't if you don't see anything passing, <laughs> you right. don't know that you're moving. The conditions of gravity and uh, are and pressure and everything are recreated in, inside of the, the habitat. So. Mm-hmm. You, you don't know unless you see something passing, you don't know you're traveling. That's a bit disturbing because it's are we moving or not moving? It's disturbing a bit. Oh, we arrived. Are we? Yeah, okay. <laughs> no.
0: Was there any technology inside the ship that you feel that could be technology that's been released to us and that is now available on the planet?
1: Yes, these practically all these technologies have been shared. With first the U.S. Navy since the 1950s, and um, now with different uh, secret space programs, Solar Warden uh, program use all these technologies. So these technologies are shared with the, the uh, space force and uh, all these programs. Uh, so yes, we have it. Uh, it's not. It's kept really um, compartmentalized from the. the The dark ones in power, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, but uh, when everything gets better, it will be uh, publicly um, released.
0: You have a statement that says we are the disclosure. Yeah. And you've described these aliens as humanoid. So is your point that all of us here are aliens from somewhere else?
1: Interesting questions. Um, we are the Disclosure. Uh, I created, well, it was a common creation with a friend of mine who is Robert Earl White. Um, his mother was an abductee. And uh, well, anyway, we did that together. And We are the Disclosure um, tells about the governments won't tell us everything about UFOs. So it's the experiencers who need to talk so the people are the disclosure that's what it meant now well all everyone on this planet has dna from somewhere else in the stars it's very difficult to find um maybe some tribes in the rainforest or somewhere in asian islands uh, have the original earth dna and uh nothing more. But there's been so many interventions of ETs on Earth, uh, long, all along history, that everyone has certain percentage of alien DNA, what we call junk DNA, you know. Uh, so in that term, we all have uh, stardust in our veins. But then you have... Um, a percentage of souls on this planet who are not from this planetary matrix who come from other planetary matrices you know so what we call star seeds they call themselves envoys um so that's another level
0: why do you think the aliens care about the earth and humans at all
1: well um I'm going to talk, well, there's different agendas. Um, I'm going to talk about the positive ones. They care about us, I mean, the Galactic Federation of Worlds, what uh, they call the Alliance, uh, the Galactic Federation of Worlds, the Andromedan Council, the Council of Five, and a few minor organizations. Why they care about Earth? For two reasons, because they have the the, the, the calling and the, 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 the mission uh, to maintain peace and balance in the universe, they work for that to allow evolution to follow its natural course. Now Earth is one of these worlds uh, which have been convoited and attacked and by different uh dark empires, so they they are putting a lot of uh, efforts to liberate the planet to in fact not liberate the planet. Um, per se, but to empower the indigenous population to fight for themselves and liberate themselves. You know, they, they, they've they taken off the ET problem. The Federation has get us rid of all the extraterrestrial problem. Now it's up to the, the humans of Earth to treat the human problems, you know, but they're helping behind the scenes. So, um, you yeah. know
0: in your book a gift from the stars you talk about how many races are visiting earth how many races have visited here and how many have made actual contact
1: the ones who the number of the races who have recently in this century made physical contacts it's about 57 races okay but there are 110 who are involved in this star system, you know, um, different races. Now, one race can um, be spread on different, several star systems. So, there are 110 races involved in our um, um, current events. Not all are positive. So, There are a lot of uh, starships, motherships, uh, in the the star system. That's it's very crowded.
0: When you say star system, do you mean our solar system or do you mean our galaxy?
1: What we call our solar system, it's a star system. The sun is a star. Hmm.
0: Are they inhabiting other planets?
1: I mean, the whole galaxy, the the, ga- the Galactic Federation of Worlds, the, the Andromedan Council, it's hundreds of thousands of worlds, you know, uh, only from this galaxy.
0: Okay. So then you
1: have intergalactic confederation, which is other galaxies put together as something else.
0: I think it would be pretty obvious to aliens that humanity is very warlike and we're constantly fighting each mm-hmm. other and... We maybe even considered to be dangerous to them. Do you oh think, yes. I mean, I'm so sorry. Let me follow that up. Do you think that is our original nature, or is that is that nature been created by all the intervention within the human species?
1: I would say it's our natural potential, which has been badly encouraged by those who who work at maintaining us enslaved and controlled, divide and conquer. But the human of Terra, of Earth, has a tremendous potential of not fighting each other, <laughs> of getting on with each other, actually. And that's what's going to happen. When we understand, when we learn that div- what is division about, that we are being played into fighting each other, when we realize that, we go, wait a minute, I'm going to stop doing that, you know, they are scared that we unite together, that we become one planet, one species, that's what always they tell me, tell them one planet, one species, and that's what it is.
0: Why do you think they just don't make themselves visible to everybody so it is, you know, unquestionable that they're here? And I think that would solve the problem of one planet, one species.
1: It would absolutely not solve the problem. It would make it worse. Because if they were showing themselves to the civilians, now the civilians will stop everything and adore them oh my god aliens are here they're so beautiful they're so nice blah 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 let's share technology will we learn from that no what we need to do is first grow up first learn how to fight our own demons get on together grow up as a culture as a galactic culture and then we are ready as equal with them as long as we don't consider ourselves as equals and haven't reached that stage, they will not make civilian contact because it will just abort our evolution process. We need first, you know, to get our mm, together. And, um, you know what I mean? If they come, it it will be so much chaos, uh, we don't need chaos now. All we need is people think and see through uh the confusion and learn, develop discernment, grow up in consciousness. It's your kid, you have if when you have a child who has homeworks to do, um uh, if you you know, if you do them their homeworks for them, the, the, the child will never learn, will never grow, will never develop intelligence. And uh that's why they don't want to they want us to you know to grow up first. Um that's why they won't show themselves as a solution. That's not the solution.
0: you have any time frame when you think we'll be ready?
1: I don't know. It depends on humans. I don't know. But we are we are nearly there because they and they know it. And they know it. Because The human potential is so amazing. And I think most of the people have no idea. What maintains us divided, um, it's the dark ones, uh, called the deep state, by division and manipulation. And they are doing very, (laughs) very talented at that. But once they're neutralized, once we say, no, wait a minute, one, we just let them, you know, go and deal with that. Well, um, the, the potential of the human can go very fast. You know, what do we want? When we, you speak individually to any human being, what everyone does everybody want? Be happy, uh, get on with each other, uh, party, have fun, have lots of friends, uh, you know, That's, that's who, that's who we really are. So once the interference, you know, is gone, we are stopped being manipulated. Well, that's going to be very fast. So they know, they know that. And they have started already to show their ships. If you look up now, you see the ships everywhere. They are here. They are trying to manifest themselves that we start to get used to the existence of them, you know. So I would say we won't have long to 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 wait. I don't think so, because the process of disclosure has already begun.
0: You mentioned the secret space program. To me, that means that we have ships too. Yes. How can you tell the difference between our ships and their ships?
1: It's difficult, because all the ships we have, it's retroengineered from their ships, so they look alike. So, um, although uh, until a certain point, you had the first model of TR, TR-3B who was really dis- dis- distinguishable from the, the original uh, alien ships, triangle, triangular ships. Uh, the TR-3B had round angles. That's the old model, the round angles. Uh, it was a bit bulky. It was making noise. That's made on Earth. And uh, the the alien was it's very um, pointy angles, very elegant, uh, like shiny, very. Um, but now they do the tr bs like the alien ships, so they 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 they've been there. So you can't you can't tell, and um, also the cigar cigar shapes, saucer shapes, you cannot tell who's who, you know. Mm. I wouldn't be able myself to to. Uh, differentiate them so
0: (laughs) are you still in communication with the aliens even today
1: yes yes I can activate the communication they taught me how to do that
0: how do you do it
1: well I have a device um, in me that they they implanted and I can activate it by electrical impulse Um, and um, contact them But it's more than that you need to consciousness involved as well Um, that makes the the quantum link it's quantum communication in fact wherever i'm um um, interfaced with two different um beings and wherever they are in the in the galaxy or the universe it's like if they were beside me the the communication is distance doesn't alter the quality of the communication. That's the quantum internet that we are going to have, it's the same technology.
0: Is the device just subcutaneous right under your skin where you touch touch something or is it deep within your body?
1: It's deeper in my body. Yeah, and it's not metallic. It's um it's on a higher density, so it's not detectable by any machine.
0: Now you spent many years working in Egypt. As an archaeologist. Yes. Without offending Zahi Hawass, what is your real opinion of how the pyramids were built?
1: Well, I have to say, Zahi Hawass is a friend. Uh, I've worked with him. He's, of, of course, a very passionate man, but he's, he has an amazing heart and he's very nice. He's it's, it, his heart is in a good he's in the right place. He loves his country so much that he's very passionate about it. So you know that's sometimes a bit too passionate and he's very fire. But is a he's a nice person and I really enjoyed working with him, I have to say. Um he took me under the sphinx. You know, um, I will never forget. Well, um I briefly worked with him uh, on two occasions, not a lot, but that was enough to forge an opinion, you know. He's he's a nice man. Um, The pyramids are, that's not from him that I have that because he's, um, you know, Zahia was, he believes, I think, in all these things, but is, you know, told not to talk about it and to deny it because there are higher organizations above him and all the governments that Mm -hmm. tell, no, don't say that or, you know, blackmail and stuff like that, threats. So how the, what about the pyramids that I know that by my contacts upstairs that um, they are way more ancient than than we think. They predate the, predate the the great flood, the last um, ice age, the last, end. The, the, mm-hmm. the end of the last ice, ice age, sorry. Um, um, 11,600 BC. Um, here we go. That's what I know.
0: I forgot to ask this, but do the aliens that you communicate have a message for us? And if so, what is it?
1: They have many messages. Um, they always repeat the same thing. So I am going to tell you The messages they repeat all the time and I need to pass on to everyone. Raise your frequency. Don't give out to fear. Refuse fear. Fear is not part of your world. Fear is an illusion. Fear is manipulation. Fear doesn't exist. You are not alone. You have always been there. And what they recommend is to unite. It's very important. Unity, it's how we make it to the next step. And when you connect with your yourself, as they, they taught me and they insist, you need to go within and discover who inhabits this body. This is something very important they want us to do, that we connect with our soul, who is in this temporary flesh suit. Who's inside? That's you, that's the real you. And the real you is of a higher frequency than this flesh suit. And when you, by meditation, you you go within and you discover and you just tune in this being, be this being, you raise your frequency. And... You have a higher perspective, more open consciousness. Fear cannot reach out to you. And you have more clarity. And you are in a position, in a place of peace and compassion. And that's very important because that's how we are going to be. That's who we are, who we are, (laughs) and we are going to be. So they encourage that. Go within. And raise your frequency and unite. That's what they really, really want us to do. It's important.
0: Are you saying then that the way they recommend us to raise our frequency is through meditation?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Is there a certain type of meditation that works best?
1: No. There. Um. They've shown me one. Uh. Is to um, surround yourself in a bubble of bubble of light, and. Anything, any interference, fear that fear cannot come through, refuse it. And then you concentrate on your physical body. You just scan your body with your mind and just concentrate on how it works the muscles, the bones, the blood, everything. And then you go the layer within. Once you concentrate just already on your physical body, you've cut out from the, the external world already. That's it. Then you go within, within inside, and it's just a journey within you. And uh, what color are you? What type of skin? What do you look like? Are you coming from Earth matrix or from another planetary matrix? Who is your soul group? Is is it a group from Earth? Is it a group from another uh, star system or galaxy? You don't know. So just go within, and uh, that's how you do it.
0: I would like to at least see a UFO Mm -hmm. and or at least have contact with benevolent ETs, as I assume a lot of people would. Is that possible for us?
1: It is. um, Just go outside and relax. Maybe do a little bit of meditation. Just relax and open your consciousness the sky and say i'm ready to see and you know the power of our consciousness we're like beacons when we activate it we are beacons and they they can show themselves to you there's plenty of ships passing you will see i i don't stand like five minutes and say oh i see nothing oh bs you know no Take your time. Sometimes you need to wait half an hour. You wait half an hour. And you're there, you relax, with detachment. And you will everybody sees them. You see them passing, dancing, changing directions. Um you see them.
0: Can you tell us about the Shannon incident?
1: Yes. Well, um November 2018. I um I was taken beamed on board uh, a scout ship where Thorhan, my contact, and his crew were. That's when they said to me, we are back, we are back. What I didn't know is that this famous night, particular night, became famous in UFOlogy as the Shannon incident. Shannon is an airport near to where I live in Ireland. The night... the the evening before being beamed on board the ship, the same evening, I saw them. I saw two ships in the sky. Um, it was actually green light. So the green or orange, the color depends on the, the ionization, the composition of the atmosphere, where they are. So they were two ships and they were passing above the bay and dancing. They were fume, fume, and phew, they shot off south. Um, and I say, Oh wow. Oh my God. I see them again. They're here. Oh wow. And the night I was beamed up. But what I didn't know is that the following day I, um, uh, I was just writing everything I had when I've been through during the night and just taking notes and wow, oh, and coffee and then opening internet. And it was like, <laughs> Internet. oh, last night, um, control towers of the Shannon airport, um, uh, have um, received a lot of uh, two there were two communications with two uh, airlines commercial airlines airliners um talking about uFOs they were they were seeing uFOs falling the ships the sorry the the planes and they were reporting them and you are the con the conversations are available uh, on internet you can hear the conversation between the planes pilots and uh, i went oh jeez I have the proof i <laughs> That's amazing. That's great. There we go. That's the Shannon incident.
0: All right, Elena. I'm going to switch gears with you. Now, you have this book called A Gift from the Stars, but on your website, I think you have many books. Is that correct? Yes,
1: yes. yes. Um, A Gift from the Stars is the story of my abduction and rescue and a repertoire of all the alien races that are in our star system interacting with Earth. And uh, illustrated with my own drawings, then I wrote a second book, which is called "We Will Never Let You Down." It's all my interactions with the Galactic Federation of Worlds and my encounters with Val Thor. And that these are the two really uh, seriously important books. Uh, I'm writing a a third one at the moment, which is called The Cedars, and it's my interactions with the Intergalactic Confederation of Worlds and what's the current events as well. Now, besides that, um, uh, I used to write fantasy novels in French. What novels? uh, Novels, fantasy for kids.
0: Oh, fantasy. (laughs) Okay, great.
1: Yes. And uh, also that's what you saw also on my my website. And um, motivated by everything that was happening, I wrote also a sci-fi novel, which is um, a faint, you know, uh, recall of what is really happening. It's just for fun. So it's called Resilience. But it's a it's, it's good story, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well,
0: besides your books, you also have a YouTube channel. And I guess it's kind of like a podcast or you interview people as well, right?
1: Yes. Um I interview people, I do a lot of free meditations, free video, free guidance, uh videos about how to meditate, how to uh take back your own power, you know, uh how to heal yourself, how to protect yourself, just to empower people and show them that they can develop these tools themselves, you know. Um, and uh, all my contacts with ETs also are um I do little videos everything is free. But you know um all the material I publish in my books I do free videos about it. That there's no, you know, financial gate between this knowledge and uh and um the public. If they want to buy the book I'm delighted. <laughs> but you know I offer this for free as well, in my videos.
0: Now you're also going to be the, at the event in October in Florida.
1: Yes. And
0: I forgot what is the name of that event?
1: Galactic and spiritual informers conference. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be huge, huge things. Uh, every, everyone will be there. Dr. Michael Sala, Alex Collier, Laura Eisenhower, um, Tony Rodriguez, a lot of very uh, known people, Brad Olson and all. Uh, Many, I, I'm very sorry if I forget the names. There are so many of them. Uh, uh, indigenous, native uh, elders, shamans. It's going to be who are going to talk about the star people. It's going to be amazing. Um, I'll be there. Um, 21st to 23rd October in Orlando, Florida. Galacticandspiritualinformers.com. Um, I'll be there. I. That's going to be something. And I think it's the last time you will see Alex Collier in public He's retiring after that.
0: Hmm. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Should they do that from your website or ask questions on your YouTube videos?
1: The best is that they, um, put comments under YouTube videos because, uh, I don't read all my emails. Um I used to, but I receive about 80 to 100 emails a day. So um yeah. I read I most when when I I know it's something nice, I'm going to read it and acknowledge i read it, read it and send back thank you so much. Uh, it's really nice. But then uh, I can't answer those questions. No, it's too much.
0: Yeah, I can so, I, I yeah. can understand that.
1: But when I read the question sometimes, or sometimes it's just, the, if the question is in the title of the email, I remember it or I, I note it on a post-it. And when I do a video, sometimes when this question comes back often, I'm going to make a video about it. And then it will touch way more people in the answer. You know, I prefer doing that. So yes, they, they can um, write in the comments of my uh, on my uh, YouTube channel. All
0: right. And I'm going to be putting your website link and your YouTube channel link in the description. So that's the way, that's how they can find you. Thank you. Are you working on anything else right now that you want people to know about?
1: Well, uh, I'm totally dedicated on my working on my next book, which is called the Cedars. Um, so it will be available uh, hopefully before the, the Orlando conference of October and of October. So Hopefully in September, Uh, the book is now at the proofreading. So I I work on the illustrations. So you never know that's uh, what I'm working on at the moment, the illustrations of this book coming.
0: All right. Well, before we finish up, is there one last message, either from you or from the aliens that you'd like to share?
1: Be kind. Have compassion for each other, for you first, but for each other. May your actions, as well as your words, come from the place of the heart. Everything you do or you say needs to be kind, empowering, or useful, and of course, always true. Otherwise, Meditate it and maybe sometimes, um, you know, before speaking too fast and say things that can hurt other people, think it. And that's how you learn about more of, you know, more wisdom, more compassion. And so that's what I would say kindness and compassion.
0: Thank you for that message. Elena, thank you again for being my guest. I hope you come back after your new book is out because I have a whole bunch of questions here that I didn't even get to. And I'm sure I'll have more (sighs) things to ask once your new book is well. So um, again, I hope you come back and I wish you the best.
1: And so to you as well.